0: But for this the fourth Sunday in the season of Easter is from John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this flock, this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Holy God, we thank you for this moment in our week. to sit quietly for a moment in this holy place this place that we have set aside to welcome children to life to recognize young adults as they confirm their faith where two people stand before the altar and become family to each other this place where we say goodbye when people transition into eternity this place where week by week we gather here to orient the coming days of our week help this moment O Lord be a time of inspiration of hope of confidence and courage that we might serve you in the week ahead that we might be your voice that we might be your hands for indeed we truly believe as you say that we are the body of Christ in the world today send your spirit to each person here O Lord help each person know how powerful and important they are to the kingdom of heaven In your holy and most blessed name, we pray. Amen. I have had the following conversation many times in different forms in my life as a pastor. This is a particular conversation. It's with a man. It begins like this. He says, Pastor Mike, I'm not a Lutheran. Okay. And I'm ready for what's coming next. I'm not a Lutheran because you Lutherans baptize infants. It's your policy to baptize people who don't even know what's happening to them, who have no ability to make a decision about their baptism. I just can't abide by that. I'm quiet a little bit longer (laughs) because he has to get out that little microaggression. And then finally I say to him, would you like to hear why we baptize infants? okay. Well, I said, I said to him, we baptize infants precisely because they cannot make a decision. We baptize infants precisely because they don't know what's going on. And at that point, his eyebrows furrow, his head tilts to the side, like, what am I talking about? And I know I've got him. Because then I say, we celebrate That it is not our decision to be saved. It is God's decision to save us. It's all to God's credit, nothing to us. All we can do is respond to the salvation that God has given us. His eyebrows are no longer furrowed. He's thinking deeply about what I have just said. And he crosses his arms and says... Well, how are they to know that God saved them? And I know I really got it now. <laughs> As I go to the information desk and I pull out a program guide, and I bring it over to him, and I say, I want to show you all the programs we have for, sun- for children, Sunday school, preschool, and especially confirmation. Why do you have all those programs? I say to him, it's because at baptism, when God claims this child as his own, we promise, as parents and as sponsors and as an entire congregation, to tell the children what God has done for them, to teach them what salvation is about, that God has claimed them and that they have the ability to respond to it. And I said, especially in confirmation. In fact, the title, the real title of confirmation is Affirmation of baptism confirmation and baptism are intimately connected to each other and he says go on tell me more and I said during confirmation we help children understand that they can respond to what God has done and they have a decision to make I know he'd love the word decision so I throw that in there <laughs> yes we celebrate a decision that the children make as they become young adults And they stand up on Confirmation Sunday and they publicly say, yes, thank you God for saving me. I want to walk in the salvation that you have granted me. They are responding to God's love. Do you want the program guide? Okay, I'll take it. And he walks off and sometimes I will see him or others who have asked those questions, sometimes not. But I know he understood the lutheran understanding of baptism well today is confirmation sunday if you didn't know that already at 11 o'clock service just a little over an hour from now 16 of our teenagers will be here and they will be affirming their baptisms it's a very important day for us as a congregation and serendipitously i had to practice pronouncing that word (laughs) it is serendipity i think that this is also good shepherd sunday the Sunday that we celebrate Jesus as the good shepherd who promises to care for, quote, the sheep, to guide and lead and protect and care for. As Jesus does that for us, we're called to be good shepherds for one another and good shepherds for those children who are baptized, who grow up in faith. Good Shepherd Sunday is exactly what the confirmation program is about. It's guiding our children into faithfulness. And I must say to you as a congregation that you've done a good job with these 16 teenagers. The parents have done a fantastic job. Our teachers have done a fantastic job. They are wonderful, mature, faithful, 16 16, um, confirmants. But I'd like to suggest to you today that we are now Experiencing a bit of a reversal because these children, now young adults, are beginning to become shepherds back toward us. And I say that for you because I was able to go to their faith project presentations a couple weeks ago. They were given the assignment, each of the 16, To find a metaphor to describe their faith and to share it with the group and with some of the adults. Presentation after presentation after presentation were incredible, inspiring, uplifting. I felt not like a pastor, but like they were the pastors. Their presentations grouped into certain categories. For example, one, I would just simply use the word art or creativity. They would find creative art to describe their faith journey. Here are some of the projects music, poetry, short stories, dance. And they literally will dance, they'll do this poetry, they will do their music. Drawing, photography, braiding hair, and baking cookies. I said, I'd like to steal all of those illustrations because they were able to weave their faith through these creative activities in a profound way. And as I sat listening to all of them and watching all of them, I realized that art is a wonderful illustration of faith. Is it not true that art, no matter what form it takes, that art takes something ordinary and fashions it into something beautiful, useful, or inspiring. Whatever art form you might describe, is it not true that you take something ordinary and fashion it into something extraordinary? And I realize that we're all ordinary (laughs) And so are those kids, all ordinary people, and yet God is fashioning us and them into something extraordinary. I looked at those confirmands, those teenagers, and I realized they're God's artwork. Some of the other kids had a totally different category to describe their faith. One word, sports. Our young people today play a lot of sports. And so many of them found illustrations of their faith in sport. They would say that my sport requires me to practice, to have discipline. And that's what faith is like. In faith, it requires some discipline, some practice. When we practice our sports, we become more competent at our sport. When we practice faith, we become more competent in our faith. So, I asked, what are the things we practice. And this is what they said. Well, worship is a practice. Study, prayer, service. And developing one's character is the practice of faith. I realized that reversal was happening and they were becoming the good shepherd back toward me. One young man said, you know, on my sports team, we all have to work together. We have to cooperate. We have to support each other. We all have a common goal. And he said, that's what faith is like. You don't go into faith solo. You go with a group of people. You work together. You support each other, and you have a common goal. And I realized, oh my goodness, that's an insight I don't think I've had that I was getting from these young people. The reversal was continuing. And then there was the girl who stood up toward the end. She was wearing a dress. She said, I made this dress, and it's an illustration of my faith. It was a lovely dress. And then she proceeded to say, this is the first dress that I've made. And then she showed us all the mistakes in the dress. The collar was off. The hem was wrong. The sleeves were different length. She pointed them out and then said, This dress is like faith. We make our mistakes. We have our flaws. Yet God adores us anyway. And I go, huh. I mean, they've got they're getting it. They're getting it. And finally, this young man, the last one I'll share with you got up and he had a poster and it said on the top highs and the bottom lows now I must qualify that by saying that our confirmands every week meet with a small group of confirmands and dedicated adults who go with them for three years every Wednesday night these adults commit to be with these young people to talk about faith to teach faith and to share faith and as part of those small group meetings They do their highs and lows. So they go around the circle, and each student and the adults get an opportunity to share their high moments from the past week and their low moments. Well, this young man took that practice as an illustration of his faith life. He said, I have had many high points in life, and then a line, and many low points in life. And he said, God has put people there for me in both places in the high points and the low points my family my friends my neighbors my schoolmates my church friends and my doctors and my nurses and he proceeded to tell the confirmands some of the most private and vulnerable things you can imagine he was poised he was honest He was incredibly vulnerable. I was so impressed that he had the courage to share these deep things with this group. But just as much impressed with the other 15 who listened incredibly respectful. In fact, many of them leaning forward in their chairs, not a sound in the room. And it was as if these other teenagers were absorbing into themselves some of that low point, some of that pain that he was sharing. I watched it unfold and I realized that this little moment was a microcosm of what the church is intended to always be. A place where we can go Sharing our highs and our lows, our deepest lows, and find respect and support and love. See, these confirmands have absorbed our theology as a congregation. We don't so much force them to memorize things anymore. Some content of theology they may not know. But they have experienced the very center of theology. That they're not alone in this universe. And neither are we. That at some deep level they understood that Jesus Christ came to be with us in our lowest low. that's the grave that ultimate darkness that's what good friday is about it's god coming to us in our lowest low so that we can be with him in our highest high easter these kids all get it i hope we do too for they have become our good shepherds And I share these lessons with you today, coming from 14-year-olds. Amen. Let us pray. Great and glorious God, we thank you for your spirit at work in this congregation. We give you thanks for all those who have been good shepherds for our teenagers. And we thank you that they now are becoming good shepherds back to us. In your holy and most blessed name, we pray. Amen.